You're listening to Have the Conversation Podcast, a podcast centered around mental health, wellness, and everything in between. My name is Kala. And I'm Leanne. We're sitting down with everyday people to talk about life and the lessons they've learned, all in an effort to connect and stay encouraged. Earlier in the month, Leanne and I were fortunate enough to sit down with Bryn Baker. Bryn is a National Geographic certified educator and freelance author and editor for Capstone Publishers. Bryn herself has written 120, 120 nonfiction children's books all about earth science. When she isn't writing her own books, she's creating content as a senior content manager at Meredith Corporations, a national media and marketing company that publishes for the top magazines in the industry. Bryn's been featured in Better Homes and Gardens and Martha Stewart and Real Simple, curating content for nearly 4 million subscribers. Not sure how she has the time, but somehow she manages to do it, and she's also an environmental sustainability ambassador. She's partnering with local companies and nonprofits to educate the community about the ocean plastics crisis and the importance of reducing waste by eliminating single-use products. Her work in this area is what led to this conversation today um, and what she is about to embark on. It is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that I can't wait for you to hear about. I'm not going to spoil it here. Listen to the episode. I know you're going to have a ton of questions um, when you're done. So be sure to check out our Instagram and Facebook communities by searching at Have the Convo. There'll be tons of resources there, ways for you to connect with Bryn, ways that you can get involved in everything she has going on. Um, We hope to see your face soon. Enjoy this episode, guys. I really wanted you to come on, like I said in my emails, just because I have so many questions for you. I think what you're doing is amazing. But then when I started to like sit down and see everything that you've accomplished, I felt really, really unaccomplished. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So what are your current projects right now? What are you working on Um, right now? Right now, I'm kind of on pause right now. Um, I was supposed to do Expedition this past July, but it got postponed 12 months. So right now it's just a few podcasts here and there, um, been helping out in some classrooms here and there, but that's pretty much it at the moment, but. Okay. Well, let's talk about Expedition. Yeah. Yeah. All female voyage. Tell me about this. <laughs> yeah. It's an all female sailing voyage that circumnavigates the globe to study ocean microplastic. Emily Penn is our founder. She's out of the UK. She saw the problem with microplastics in the ocean and realized that it's such a huge issue. She needs to bring it to more audiences. So she wanted to assemble a team from around the world. Um, The reason that it's X expedition is the uh, double X for the female chromosome because plastic in the ocean really affects women more than men because the plastic has chemicals that are endocrine disruptors and that mimics hormones and can affect the female reproductive system and can cause health issues, breast cancer, all that. So that's why women. But she um, put the application out to everyone in the world. The only criteria was you know, that you have some kind of connection to either ocean or science or women's health or some um, field of publishing so you can get the news out. And 300 women were chosen out of almost 20,000 international applicants. Wow. So I applied, it was a total long shot, and I'm still pinching myself that I got it. Oh my That's God. amazing. Yeah. So yeah. We, have, um, we have some scientists, we have some doctors, we have some women in publishing, um, we have documentary filmmakers, we have yoga instructors, we have 300 women all doing different things. And there'll be 30 legs of the voyage. 
Each lag will be between like one and three weeks and it will take two years to do. Um, and there'll be about 10 women on board at a time for each of the 30 legs. Do you know which part you'll be? Yeah, yep, I'm leg 14, which is um, the Great Barrier Reef on the east coast of Australia. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna start um, in Cairns, which is kind of the gateway to the Great Barrier Reef and then sail northwest up along the coast um, to Darwin, Australia. I'll be at sea about 12 days. And so do you have like a specific mission while you're on it? Yeah, we have our 73 foot sailboat sailboat is the full science lab so we will be doing science all day every day we'll be doing surface samples water column samples sediment samples um, we're even now testing the air to collect microplastics that are in the air and in condensation um, and we'll be analyzing those plastics all day every day and we're also working um, with uh, Plymouth University in the United Kingdom and they are processing all of our findings wow so what is your background like what what did you go to school for to be able to do all um i went to the university of minnesota for journalism i've done a little bit of everything a little broadcast little print um, but my focus is really books and magazine publishing um, i stayed home for quite a few years with my boys but it was going a little stir crazy so i started freelancing for capstone publishers they're the number one children's book publisher in the country nonfiction. Um, you probably heard of Scholastic. They're number one for fiction and storybooks. Capstone is number one for educational. So I started authoring and editing books for them. I've done about 120 so far. That like blows my mind. Just 120. <laughs> um, about a, a dozen or so of them are printed um, in a hard copy, like an actual tangible book you can hold. But most of them are for their digital library. So like schools or parents can get a digital subscription to Capstone Books and that has a whole library and most of my books are on there. And you wrote all of those yourself? Yeah, I spent about a month researching them and then a week or two writing them and then it goes you know, to a copy editor and a fact checker and a PhD consultant and it goes to an art director, illustrator, media researcher. It, it takes about a year from wow. hiring the author to actually putting it on the store shelf is about a year per book. So I, I double up and do a lot at the same time. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not 120. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've been busy. Yeah. Well, I worked in the office there full time for about three months, and we did about 30 of them just in that time. Wow. And then when I moved part time from home, it was just a couple of months. And every year, it kind of slows down a little bit as I move into other work, too. But I really focus on um, like fourth to sixth graders, uh, a lot of books about earth science. So about oceans and about rocks and about dinosaurs and planets. And um, I think one of the reasons I was chosen for X Expedition is for all the books I've done about oceans. So I have a really deep background. I've done um, trash vortex. I've done ocean currents, ocean biomes, ocean zones, currents. I've done lakes, glaciers, water cycle, the hydrosphere, all those books. And also I work in magazine publishing and have a large female audience. So I think X Expedition really liked the fact that once I get back from the voyage, I'll be able to share the story with all kinds of audiences. Yeah, yeah, that's how I stumbled back in line with your work. I was at the Green Expo in Dallas. It's like a huge, like the biggest gala that they do for, for the environment in America. And so we got to go two years ago now and I got connected with a bunch of different people there and then 
for somehow your name came up again and it was so bizarre. Really? Yeah, like through, just through clicking through things because there's a lot of people from Nat Geo there and things like that. And then when I saw, it was just, it was amazing. I was like, I have to talk to her. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, I'm very curious <laughs> how my name got brought up there, but that's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. we brought up Nat Geo. I guess that was my most recent project this past spring, kind of right when COVID was starting. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some time on my hands, so I ended up taking National Geographic's online course, um, and I, after months of late night lectures and projects and uh, so many late nights, um, I am now a National Geographic certified educator. So they basically that just means they give you like their seal of approval to um, teach students about Earth and the environment. So that's like a an online course that you took. Yeah. Yeah, um, 5,000 people were selected in the world to take that. I think they offer it maybe twice a year. Um, So if any teacher can really sign up to do it, but it was just kind of a little cherry on top for all the work I'm doing just to have that National Geographic accreditation. Wow. So why science? (laughs) What what got Um, that? Because it's fascinating. And I have three little boys, so I found myself always reading they were never into like storybooks as much as some like younger girls sometimes are. So the boys, they wanted hard facts, which I don't know. That's just kind of the books I fell in love with. Um, they always wanted to know about sharks, especially my youngest. We are always reading books about sharks and it just kind of accumulated. And also with Capstone, because I was a freelance author, I wasn't assigned the books. They would reach out to all the freelancers and be like, hey, we have this subject available, this title, um, this amount of time available, who wants it? And since my schedule is so tight, I only took on books that really interested me. Mm-hmm. So I found myself kind of turning away the, you know, any storybooks or books I wasn't interested in. And over time, I just found that I always chose ocean. I always chose earth. I always chose nature. Yeah. And I think what really got me started in that was in 2012, we lived up in Alaska Um, And we spent a lot of time down on the coast doing whale watching tours and kayaking rivers. And we saw a lot of ghosted fishing nets and plastic floating up there. And that's in some of the most pristine places in the world, you know, almost untouched by humans and the plastic's still a problem. So I feel like that really stuck with me and I wanted to do something to help. Mm. Isn't it funny how sometimes you can just see something and and you're like, oh, I cannot unsee that. And it just kind of... You. Yeah, you just see ghosted fishing nets floating out by the icebergs, out by the, the shoreline where the glaciers are, right by the humpback whales. And it just, it just makes you wonder, like if it's up in that most pristine area, you know, it, it's everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Yeah. God. What brought you to Alaska? Um, my husband had a job. Um, they offered him a one-year project up there, so we took it. Did you go through like the 24 hours of sunlight and then the 24, what is that like? <laughs> yeah, um, I would say the 24 hour sunlight is almost harder than the 24 hour, yeah, cause it's hard to turn your brain off and go to sleep when it's bright all the time. We, I remember taking the boys out to play sometimes at 10 at night just cause they still had so much energy and it looked like noon. So we were outside That's playing. So crazy. Um, yeah, and we were there for that whole summer, whereas um, the winter, when it was dark, we kind of got there at the tail end of it, so it was starting to get a little lighter every day, so okay. that wasn't too bad, and there's northern lights when it's dark, yeah. so that made it more oh, comfortable. Well. Yeah, that's beautiful. What opportunities for your boys, too. That's amazing. Yeah, 
What do they miss most about it or do they? They do. Yeah. They, well, my youngest didn't get a chance to go there. I got pregnant with him there. That's why his, my youngest name is Bear, actually. Um, but my older two miss it, talk about it all the time. <laughs> they just miss the adventure. I mean, every weekend we'd go like climb Denali or go kayak a river or go on a whale watching expedition out on Prince William Sound. So they just miss the freedom, I think, the nature. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't school age yet. So they just got to play. They could just explore. That's the best learning as far as I'm concerned, which I know you would agree with. You would have to if you're into science and writing. So (laughs) it's the best experience. That's so cool. So, so cool. Did you grow up kind of exploring and and being outside a lot? Or how did you get like your love for for Um, Well, I grew up mostly with just my dad and brother, at least when I was younger. And my dad worked a lot. And so it was always me and my brother out in the backwoods building forts and just kind of playing in nature. Nice. I kind of was always a tomboy. I think I was meant to have boys. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way. I don't have kids yet, but I feel that way too. Um, yeah. I don't know what I would do with girls. <laughs> <laughs> I had two brothers growing up. And so I was always like hanging out with the boys and and I, I never would wear dresses. My mom would try and put one on me. Same. I was like, no! I would scream and cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So has your job, I mean, I know obviously this expedition is going to take you to Australia, but have yeah. you been able to travel a lot with your work? Um, no, I haven't actually. Not work-related. Um, I went to Africa two years ago with my mom, but that was um, just the two of us wanting to go do a safari for a few days. That wasn't work-related. Um, this will be my first work-related trip. That's so exciting. Yeah, that is so exciting. I'm sure, like you said, you're just pinching yourself. You would have to be. I know. I was so bummed that it was supposed to be this past July, but because COVID happened, we, um, our team was kind of right in the middle of their sailing expeditions. We just had finished leg eight, right when COVID really took off and borders started closing. Mm -hmm. Um, So leg nine through leg 30 has been postponed exactly 12 months. And the reason they chose 12 months, well, first of all, they don't know how long COVID is going to be a huge issue, but also because of like weather, climate, hurricane season, stuff like that, they needed to keep their planning, their legs of the voyage exactly the same. Wow. So do you have any sailing experience or what's Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you prepare? Like that's so wild. Um, we have two to three professionals on board at all time. We have a first mate and skipper, all that, okay. who will be doing most of it, or at least guiding us. But it's full crash course day one. Once we get there, we have a safety overview. They teach us how to sail. Literally teach us the ropes. And as soon as we set sail the next day, it's full science. And we're on four, I think it's eight hours on, four hours off, something like that. And you just rotate. We do watch shifts, take turns at the helm steering, um, people down in the science lab, some people in the kitchen cooking. It's all hands on deck. Wow. But you'll be cooking too. You don't, there's no like staff. Holy crap. Wow. It is it is a working trip. It is nothing luxurious about it. We won't have any internet connection, cell phone service, anything like that. Um, Of course, we have like a radio for emergencies like um, down below, but nothing personal, just camera and ourselves. That's basically it. So it'll be all hands on deck around the clock. That's such an adventure. Oh my gosh. Have you heard about any of the one through eight expeditions, like how those went? Yeah, they went pretty good. 
on the website is just xexpedition.com. There's a little tab where you can track the boat and see exactly what part of the world it's in and where it's headed. And you can, um, there's a crew directory on there. So you can see exactly which 10 or 12 women are on each leg and kind of where they are in the world, what specifically what they're gonna do at each stop along the way. And they've all gone really well. The first couple had some rough waters and some wind and some storms, um, but they all have been really successful and kind of depressing to see how much we actually are finding out there. Yeah, that, so what, what has been some of the takeaways? What are you guys seeing? <laughs> Eight trillion tons go into the ocean every year and it's not getting any better. It's absolutely everywhere. We're finding it in every single sample we take, whether that's on the surface, the column, sediment, it's in absolutely everything. But some of the bigger things they're out, you know, out in the middle of the water, hundreds of miles from shore, and they'll see toothbrushes floating on the surface and shoes floating on the surface. And it just really puts things into perspective how much is actually in the ocean. And that most of it, you can't even see. So it's like, if you know, you can see this much for the stuff you can see, there's 10 times that much that you can't see. Think of like an iceberg. You can only see a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, but most of them are so small like the size of your pinky nail or smaller, they're the microplastics that are the biggest issue. It's kind of, it's not so much of like floating, it's more of like a soup. If you think of teeny tiny particles mixed in the water and it kind of makes the soupy concentration, that's the biggest problem is because all these little fish are eating it thinking they're algae or phytoplankton or zooplankton and then they eat a few of it and then a bigger fish comes in and eats that fish and then a bigger fish eats that fish and it's working its way up the food chain. And then eventually we eat that big fish and we're finding hundreds of pieces in each fish of plastic. And then that plastic is getting into our systems. And especially for women, I was talking about before, is causing the biggest issues. Those plastic particles have chemicals and it mimics hormones and messes with your reproductive health. Your breast can, it can cause breast cancer. Um, it's a huge issue. I think of, a like a white plastic bag that you could get at pretty much any grocery store those are just out there floating and they look like jellyfish just floating out there and a sea turtle will come and swallow it thinking it's a jellyfish not realizing it till it's too late and then it builds up in their stomach and they can't digest it and they can die and that's a huge issue with seabirds too is because they're flying up high just see something shiny or you know floating down below think it's like a fish they'll swoop down and swallow it and not know what it is until it's too late, until it's already in their stomachs. And all these birds are found on beaches and floating in the ocean that have died. They have like 80 pieces of plastic in their stomach. I'm, I'm in the fitness field, so I, I listen to a lot of like fitness podcasts and stuff. Yeah. And a topic that keeps coming up is how girls are hitting puberty earlier than ever before. Um, and they were kind of relating it to the hormones in our meats that they that too. Um, but do you think the plastics have something to do with that? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Well, with the meats, those are the growth hormones, but the chemicals in plastic mimic hormones, and hormones is what triggered puberty. So it absolutely relates to it. Wow. That's crazy. I, I saw this um, video, I think it was on Instagram, about um, if you're wearing the disposable mask, it was, it was basically videos of all these birds and sea life with these masks like wrapped around their um, feet and wings and all that. And um, they were saying that like for disposable masks before you throw them away, make sure you tear the little side 
pieces that go around your ears so that they're not loops so that they're not like yeah. are you guys are they seeing masks and stuff in the ocean yet because i imagine it's um well we paused our legs kind of right at the beginning oh, of COVID right. for safety so i don't think they had found any yet but my sponsor is actually for expedition is for ocean i don't know if you guys have heard of them mm -hmm. i don't know if you recognize that logo okay um oh do they make bracelets yeah, they're the company that makes I have these. Some. Yeah. yeah, these great bracelets. Um, basically, each bracelet represents one pound of plastic that's reclaimed from the ocean. And they have people um, cruise on the ocean seven days a week, all, you know, just cleaning up the plastic. And they're finding masks absolutely everywhere. And they've only been up like two or three years, and they just hit 10 million pounds of plastic that they've physically pulled out of the ocean. And then what do they do with it? Um, that's coming. They haven't quite announced it yet, but as of right now, they just have 10 million pounds sitting at their headquarters. Wow. Yeah, so they, they have some projects in mind, but they haven't officially announced things yet. So, but the, the bracelets that I showed you here, um, you'll probably recognize them, but each color represents um, a different marine animal or cause. So you can go on their site and purchase one. I think they're like $20. And that um, is their commitment for each purchase. They will pull one pound of plastic out of the ocean and you can choose a color to kind of remind yourself why you're supporting that cause. That's great. Yeah, so I have like humpback whale, the Great Barrier Reef and Earth Day are my three bracelets. So I just, you know, the colors can help remind you like why it's an important cause, why it's personally important to you and stuff like that. So, and they're, they're finding masks everywhere because they're still in the ocean because plastic doesn't stop so so how do you guys like as a family reduce your like what what can we do to reduce our waste the biggest things are the single use like when you go to the grocery store bring your own bag and i know a lot of stores right now aren't letting you bring reusables due to covid and sanitary purposes but instead of plastic ask for a paper bag that's a super easy way to make a huge difference because paper bags, you can still reuse them a few times or you can take them home and put them right in your recycling. Whereas the plastic, you know, you use it for what, 15 minutes and it's made with a material that's designed to last forever. It will sit in a landfill for thousands of years. So the biggest way is cut out those plastic grocery bags, um, skip the plastic straws, you know, straws are a luxury. They're not, you don't need it really for anything. Just skip it or get a reusable one. Some other things that we do around my house is we get, um, instead of using like shampoo and conditioner bottles, we do some more of the bar soap sometimes that helps reduce. Um, we've also switched to bamboo toothbrushes. So instead of using plastic toothbrushes, some things I got for my trip are the toothpaste tablets. They come in a little glass jar and they're little tablets that you just get wet and they turn you know, to the paste, so you don't have to use the Lush sells some of those, yeah. yeah. So you don't have to use the plastic tubes, and then when you're done, you can um, just recycle that glass jar, and it will get reused. Um, if you really look at your day-to-day -day life, there's dozens of ways to change every day, even coffee. Like, instead of, you know, going to get your coffee with the lid, get a reusable cup, or just ask, it, ask for it without the lid, stuff like that. And I know that can be tricky at time, you know, when you're first trying to make the change, but it's worth it. And after you do it a few times, it becomes a new habit and you don't even think about it. Yeah, yeah. just that little bit of effort can make a big difference. Yeah. 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 
Was it after Alaska that you started making all these changes or has this been kind of over time? Um, I would say Alaska probably was the kickoff to it. Um, that's when I started realizing the problem. And then when I got back from Alaska is when I started working for Capstone and working on all my earth science books. So every time I would research a subject, I would care more and understand more. And I feel like kind of each step of the way, I make bigger and bigger choices to minimize plastic, especially now that I have um, young boys and I know you know, I'm responsible for their health, their safety. I don't want to put chemicals in their body when I know I, I can take steps to reduce it. Yeah. That's what I found like with fitness too, like with my clients, it's easier to get people to make one small change. And then that becomes, like you said, they're normal. And then they make one other change. Exactly. Trying to do it all at once, it'll be super expensive because you'll be overwhelmed having to go replace everything and you're going to feel like it's not doable. But it's just like replace one thing at a time when, you know, your shampoo runs out and try the bar. Don't throw out your perfectly good shampoo now and go buy a bar, you know, and just replace one thing at a time and just, it becomes easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you mentioned um, replacing something with bamboo. Is that like a better, op- oh, your toothbrushes. Is that a better option to plastic? Yeah. Bam- okay. Yeah. Cause they decompose their natural materials. Okay. Same as hemp then. Yeah. You know, almost everyone in the world uses a toothbrush and you replace it, what, every three months, six months, you know, depending. And you go through hundreds of them in your lifetime and they just sit in landfills forever. So if you replace it, you know, instead of going to buy a new um, plastic one, buy a bamboo one, they're very similar in price and then it will decompose. It won't sit in a landfill forever. It's natural material. That's funny because Clayton actually just, Clayton's my boyfriend, he just bought a bunch of these bamboo toothbrushes from Amazon, but he didn't yeah. even realize, like, I didn't even know until you just said it that it was better for the environment, like, obviously it is, but um, he bought it because the bristles are supposed to be, like, extremely durable, and yeah. so he needs it because he, like, brushes like a caveman, he, like, ruins <laughs> all his toothbrushes and, like, three brushes, so that and he loves them, so they're yeah. very durable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They work really great. I just got my first one a few months ago, and I love it. I absolutely love it. That's good. I was uh, I was telling Kala when I found out we were going to talk with you that I would bring this up only once, but have you seen um, the movie Secret Life of Walter Mitty by any chance? I haven't. Uh-uh. Like, nobody has. It makes me feel like such a loser. <laughs> It's my favorite movie. She brought it up and no one's like seen it since. Oh yeah, nobody. I feel like I have to see it now. I know. You have to see it before your trip because when she was okay. explaining to me what you were going to be doing, I was like, "You are about to live that movie." Not so. It's about this guy. It's Ben Stiller who plays the main character, and he works for Life Magazine, and he like works in the printing office. He prints out all the pictures, and he has these like very vivid daydreams because he's always in this office but he's looking at all these amazing pictures of what people are doing and he so he starts saying like yes to things and putting himself out there and and pretty soon he's in Greenland living this huge adventure because he started saying like yes to life's opportunities and it's kind of like what happened to you with this you just yeah uh, you know, crapshoot, just tried it out and they picked you and now you're going to go on this crazy adventure and it changed so his cool. life. Just, yeah, I'm going to have to watch that. And you're right. This, it was just totally by chance. I did not think I was going to get chosen just because it was international. And I'm like, I don't have, you know, a science background or at least not, you know, from like a college or university or something. Um, 
but I think it's just the books and the publishing and they wanted a variety of women. You put in your time, you're educated on the subject. I mean, I I love that you were rewarded for that. That's incredible. Thank you. But yeah, the the process to get here was really hard. It was the online application and then you didn't hear anything for like a month or two. And then you'd get an email saying, hey, you made it through the first round of cuts. Now submit a one minute video of yourself just so we can get an idea of who you are. And then you do that. You don't hear anything for months. Then they call back and they're like, okay, now you need to do a 20 minute Zoom conversation with the whole team from the UK. And then you don't hear anything. (laughs) Yeah. And then you don't hear anything for a few weeks. And then it just, it just kept going and going. And I, every time I got through another round, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So that final, that final call, I'm assuming they called what, I mean, you know, really? Okay. So you were by yourself when you got it. What was that like? I, yeah, I was um, actually out hiking with my mom, my little brother and my three boys. Uh And we were down in this ravine down by this little Creek and my signal was terrible. It was just kind of coming in and out. I didn't check my phone for hours. And then we got back to the car to like grab our picnic lunch. I'm like, Oh, let me just check to see like if your dad called or something. And I saw an email and it just said from X expedition. And, and then you could see like the first sentence, like in my um, subject <laughs> line. And it, just, yeah, and it just said, congratulations. We're thrilled to welcome you. And I'm just like, <gasps> I, and I just started like, running it, jumping. My mom's like, don't you want to read the rest of the email? I'm like, nope, nope that's I, all I need to know right now. That's it. I got the gist. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I went home and read later when I let her serve it. But that's all I needed was congratulations. We're thrilled to welcome you aboard. That's it. That's yeah. all I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been communicating with any of the other ladies that have gotten chosen? Yeah. Um, I'm friends with probably 30 of them on Facebook. Um, we're still kind of trying to find each other because they have not released like email addresses for everyone. Or It's kind of a privacy thing. So yeah. they've um, released all the names and the countries that the women are from. Um, so we're just kind of slowly finding each other through our social handles and emails and stuff like that. Um, there's three or four of them that I talk to probably reg- pretty re- regularly, like weekly maybe, but I follow all of them. Yeah. Oh, the so. people that you've connected with are they the ones that are going to be on your leg of the trip? Um, I've connected to a couple. There's one other from the U.S. that will be on my leg. She's out of Pittsburgh. Otherwise, most of the women on every leg is from a different country. So you'll have like 10 women on board and representing 10 different countries. Oh, that's so cool. So, and you, I mean, you can somewhat connect on like Facebook or a Zoom call beforehand, but you pretty much meet day of, yeah. like once you get there. And pretty much everyone speaks English, but I'm excited to just hear all the different accents and hear about all their backgrounds and kind of u- unite the countries while we're on board and then go bring it back to our own when we get home. That's so beautiful. So when you're yeah. out there... I'm- Oh, go ahead, Leanne. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go for it. I've been talking too much. <laughs> no, that's okay. Like I said, we have so many questions. So when you're out there doing the samples, and like you said, it's science all day, are you guys doing cleanup efforts while you're out there as well? Um, that part of it? Sometimes if it's right there and we can grab it, um, but we don't have that much space on board to bring it back with us because, okay. we, you know, there's already 10 of us on board, very minimal. We're already three bunked high. So sometimes, yes, but we're mostly focusing on the microplastics, just those itty-bitty pieces, and the stuff and everything we collect is getting labeled and sent back to our, to Plymouth University to get analyzed. But my sponsor, 4Ocean, they are the cleanup efforts. X-Expedition is more of the education and the research and the science. 
the outreach and, you know, to teach people about it. And then for ocean is more of the cleanup efforts. That's why it kind of partners so well together. Got it. That's amazing. I was just wondering how that all kind of came together. Yeah. So um, yeah. do all the ladies who are going to be doing this have to be sponsored by somebody or? They don't have to be, um, but it's pretty expensive. For each leg, it is, has a different price based on how long you're at sea because you have to pay for the insurance, the gear, equipment, um, mooring fees, food, all that kind of stuff. So each leg has a different um, crew contribution, they call it. And for my leg, for airfare there, hotel on each end, my crew contribution, everything, I had to raise like almost $12,000. Wow. So I started just with like a Facebook fundraiser, um, family and friends, you know, donate 20 here, 50 there um, and helped me, but it just wasn't adding up fast enough. So I'm like, okay, I need to reach out to some companies or something to make some bigger donations. So I just kind of like blindly emailed people. Um, I had a couple of local sponsors here in Iowa. Uh, I'm from Minnesota, but I, I'm currently in Iowa for a couple of years, but um, eco engineers donated 500, um, uh, waste management donated 1500 so that helped but again I, I still needed a lot more so my mom actually recommended I email Fort Ocean I'm like yeah right they're like a big national company like they're not even you know my email's gonna get lost in their PR department like no one's gonna return my message um, and I emailed them in the next day the global head of brand sent me a personal Facebook message and he's like hey Bryn we got your email yesterday um, that's amazing. Let us know how much you need and we'll take care of it. And wow. so they, they sponsored I me for so many goosebumps again. Yeah. So I told them, I'm like, I have about 6,000 left, you know, to cover my airfare on both ends and some gear I still needed. And the next day he got approval from his team and they, we got a contract and they cut me a check the next week and I paid expedition off wow yeah and they sent me probably a couple hundred dollars worth of gear so um i'll be bringing cleanup gear with me so i have like four ocean gloves and like a big beach cleanup bag and stuff like that so i'll be doing some beach cleanups when i get to australia um like before i board the ship and when i land in darwin i'll do another beach cleanup wow what a great lesson though on how putting yourself out there like you never know what will come right just it. The worst that could happen is what they don't email back, you know, but he did the next day and it worked out. I love so now when you're I, like aligned with your purpose. It works out. It yeah. works out exactly. And I'm sure you wrote a really good email. Something tells me that you can uh, do that pretty well. <laughs> I, I, put a lot, I put a lot of time into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing what, like you said, that little bit of effort, you know, can, yeah. you can have big, big impact in so many different ways. That's so true. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of the women do get sponsors um, just to help them pay for the cost. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, no one just has an extra 12,000 laying around right. that they can just you know, even if I did, I couldn't take 12,000 away from my family to go do this. So of course I put in some of my own money, especially for the gear and like on the hotel side of things. But, um, I really needed the companies to kind of support me, you know, the environmental or eco-friendly companies that want to, um, partner with you in education and, you know, in return for them get, helping me fund it, I'll be wearing their gear on board and giving them shout outs and it's marketing for them too. Yeah. So it's a, what a great effort for them to get behind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are the collaborations that people want to be a part of though, too. Right. I mean, that's right. just all in together for one great cause. That's so, so cool. 
Yeah, and I had a few other companies offer to sponsor that I turned down because I'm like, I really only want to be partnered with companies that are doing good in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I only want to promote them, you know, companies that are doing well, so. Do you want to list some of the ones that you just really love? Oh, some that yeah, I love. Yeah, I want to put you on the spot, that way. I thought you were going to ask one that I said no to. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just companies that you love that are really in like alignment with like your causes. Yeah, Four Ocean is one of my favorites. Of course. Um, I also had like an eco engineers donate. I had um, a waste man or a recycling facility here that donated. Um, and then I've partnered with a few others. Um, it's called Sea Threads. It's kind of an up and starting small business, but they make shirts and clothing out of like recycled water bottles wow. and stuff. So yeah, we partnered with them and I helped promote um, his company a little bit and he sent me some free gear to wear. Um, so I have a shirt and it has like a seabird on it and it says Sea Threads. And um, it's made out of, I think, six recycled water bottles and organic cotton, which is cool. Sorry if there's noise, the garbage truck's going it's by. It's fine, this is real life, it's all good. Okay. Um, and one of my other favorites is called Nothing New. Um, it's actually, their parent company is um, Thursday Boot Company, but they have a, like a special line of products called Nothing New, and they make shoes made out of ghosted fishing nets and recycled water bottles. No way. And it's 100% ocean-based, like it's 100% reclaimed from the ocean. So um, I ended up, actually ended up buying a blue pair and loved them so much that I gave them a shout out. And they're like, oh my gosh, thanks so much for the shout out. And they sent me two free pair. Oh my God, nice. Again, yeah. you're like totally in alignment yeah. with what you're supposed to be doing, it sounds like. That's so cool. Yeah, well, it was it was a big shout out because my full-time job, I don't know if we talked about this, but um, I am a senior content manager for Martha Stewart and Better Homes and Gardens. Awesome. Um, so I work on the digital content side of things. Um, and they did for, I think it was, it was like International Women's Day or Earth Cleanup Day or something. They did like a roundup of all the editor's favorite sustainable products. And my choice was um, the Nothing New Shoes. So it showed up on Martha Stewart's Instagram and newsletter and stuff like that for the shout out. That's why it got their attention. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, millions just saw this. Thanks so much. How can we repay you? I'm like, hey, you want to send me two more pairs? Yeah. So like, <laughs> Love your shoes. Oh, love them. <laughs> but now I have all the shoes to wear on board too. So. Oh, You're gonna awesome. be like completely recycled and just ready to ready to go. I love that so much. I know. I don't think I really have any of my own clothes that I even need to pack. Up. I have all the stuff made out of you know recycled ocean stuff. But that's the point, you know, yeah. is to raise awareness and to help promote the companies doing good things. And yeah, yeah it's the partnerships have been amazing. That's really amazing. That's definitely becoming more of a trend, which makes me yeah. really happy. Um, there's a company, they're called Viori, V-U-O-R-I, and they're also making, they're activewear, like gym clothes, they women's and men's, um, and they're making their stuff out of recycled plastic as well. Clayton loves his more than his, like, Lululemon, so it's yeah. comfortable stuff. You think, like, okay, made from plastic, like, am I going to squeak when I walk? Right. What's going on? So many people ask me that especially the shirts. I'm like, well, it's made out of six recycled water bottles, but it's also blended with organic cotton. So right. it breathes, it breathes really well mm -hmm. and all of it's sustainably sourced. And, 
um, but you're also getting, using up six water bottles when you do it. So it's, it's, it works out. And the shoes, I wear them all the time. They, you wouldn't know the difference between a normal tennis shoe. Really? Cool. Really, yeah. Wow. They're super cute. I wish I actually had them here to show you. I was going to ask. I was like, no, if she had them on, she'd show up. <laughs> What's your biggest, yeah. um, I don't want to say apprehension or fear, but like, what are you feeling going into it? How do you, how are you like your nerve? Um, the only thing that I'm not looking forward to is seasickness Yeah. because I have a really queasy stomach and even the women on board that say they don't get sick very easy, every single woman has been seasick. Yeah. Like they said it lasts for three days and then you wake up on the fourth day and it's just gone. I'm like, yeah, but three days is still a really long time. Yeah, especially when you feel like crap. That's you don't know anybody? Like that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, they kind of joke saying, yeah, but that's how you bond. You hold each other's hair on yeah. the boat and you know it you know it's the icebreaker right away absolutely so. yeah that rite of passage that's so cool yeah but I will not touch land for 12 days so I hope I get over the seasickness very quickly really really quickly yeah that's the only thing that I'm really nervous about otherwise I'm just really excited yeah no understandable so these microplastics are are other than when we eat fish are we ingesting these like in our water as well all day, every day. Really? Drinking out of water bottles, drinking out of coffee cups with the coffee, you know, the plastic lids, it all leaches into those liquids and you're drinking them. And every time you eat fish, you're eating them. Um, there's actually been a ton of studies now saying that it's airborne, that it, you know, it's in condensation, the moisture in the air, that it's being rained down on. They're finding it in rain coming down over the mountains that, you know, water's been evacuated evaporated off the ocean and then travels through the hydrosphere over to the mountains and rains on plastics like and then it's getting in the soil and growing in our plants and it's like yeah the plants don't can't you know pick up the pieces itself but those chemicals leak into the soil and then we're eating those vegetables and it just it's absolutely everywhere and that's why cancers are becoming more and more yeah. prevalent and hitting people younger and hitting them harder and it's just that minimize it wherever you can I hate to be like the person, but like, is it too late? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I know. you know, it's, it's kind of like, how do you, yeah. How do you go back and, you know, kind of retroactivate? You just, you just do better. You have to start. Yeah. You have to start somewhere, I guess. Um, some days it feels like it's too late, but you just have to keep holding on to hope and try yeah. to do the best you can because, you know, my kids are watching and what I do, they'll do. Yeah. And then their kids and you just, you have to lead by example yeah. and nothing will change. Yeah. yeah. I have seen, um, your, you and your boys out picking up trash and stuff around where you guys live. Yeah. So is that how, I mean, I love that. I love that so much. It's so that it's totally your lifestyle. It is. It's second nature. We go hiking or out to the park a couple times every week. And I just always have a bag with me and just while they're playing at the park, I just kind of walk laps around the playground or up and down the sidewalk and just kind of fill the bag. Mm -hmm. It just, I have gotten to a point where if I see it, I can't leave it. I just, I have to pick it up. Um, and so I actually have a little blue four ocean bag that I keep in my glove box and one in like my center console, my car. And anytime we go out on the trail or a park, I just grab my bag. Fill it up. Fill it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just, we kind of always talk about it like, yeah, it's not our plastic, but it's our planet. Exactly. So we can't, we can't leave it. 
And you wouldn't believe how many people see me doing it and will compliment me or say, oh, I'm going to try and do better, you know, and it, it kind of initiates some change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how can you see that and not kind of question like, oh, I never do that or, you know, right. that's exactly. a beneficial thing. Right. And it sparks a conversation like, why are you doing it or stuff like that? And it just, it helps with the outreach. And I've had a lot of people tell me, okay, well, I'm going to try and, you know, switch to paper now, or I'm going to try and cut my coffee lid because, you know, I see you doing good and it's making me feel guilty that I'm not. Totally. That guilt is real. They try. Yeah, they try. Right now. <laughs> no, well, it's so funny. I hate to bring it up again, but at that expo, um, it was really, really awesome. I, like I said, I got to see so many people. I don't know how I got to be there, but um, around Earth Day, every day in the gala is actually like the weekend of Earth Day. What you know, based upon when it falls yep. in the week. But not this year because it was all digital. But last year, they the whole Cousteau family was there, and we were at the table right next to them. And so I got to meet like and see Celine Cousteau and all of them like interact, but she got up and she, they won some award and she was talking. And now like if I'm brushing my teeth and I leave the water on long, I'm like, Celine, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm constantly like, it does, it kind of guilts you in like, gotta take quicker showers. I've got to like be really mindful of this stuff. Yeah. Um, It's it's wild, but yeah, it does have a big impact (laughs) just seeing somebody else do it and and live that way. It's, it's, it's unreal. Absolutely. What did you have, Leanne? You look like you're going to ask something. Well, I don't know if it's a stupid question, so I've just been kind of sitting on it, but are, are there any like, like statewide initiatives or like, I don't know, I don't know, you know, just bigger picture type of, of movements we can get behind to like, you know, yeah, um, it all comes down to your um, county, your state, your, you know, your area. Um, but there's all kinds of organizations you can get a part of. Um, you can reach out to local government. And like down here in Iowa, I'm a part of Iowa Environmental Council. And they work with a lot of local governments to try and change policy. Also up in Minnesota, a group that I was working with, is trying to go town by town to have them ban plastic bags. Like I know Adina up in Minnesota was talking about it. And so um, next year they're gonna have a vote on it. And it's just the more people that know about it, the bigger change you can make, but you can't, you know, government can't do it unless the people are voting and supporting. Right, right. Yeah, they just started charging uh, at Kroger for plastic bags. Yep, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. 10 cents a bag or something. I was like, what? <laughs> I know a lot of stores will credit you. Like if you bring your own bag, yes. they'll like take they'll take five cents off your total purchase or something. So I think Target does that. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, that's it's it's weird. I'm so guilty of buying the bags and having a reintention, and then I forget them or I bring them in and then they never make it back out. But I need to make a, a conscious effort to to do that. Sure. Yeah, I, I will do that. I, we have a whole, like a cabinet in our kitchen filled with reusable bags that I have never brought to the grocery store. And I am pledging. You can't leave them in your kitchen. You have to leave them in your car. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. leave, the, like all my reusables are stacked up on my front seat because, you know, I, my husband's usually not in the car with me. It's usually me with the boys in the back. So yeah. my front seat is all paper bags or reusable bags. And every time I get out, I grab one or two. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm human, I forget too, but then you'll see me walking out with armfuls of products. I refuse to take a plastic bag. I've gotten so many arguments with like the cashiers and stuff like, 
you can't carry all that. Like, watch, watch me. me. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mother Earth. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I can't in good conscience take it when I know I can carry it myself. Yeah. You know, like, just, I'm like, I feel like a hypocrite if I take a plastic bag after I'm fighting all these causes and doing all these talks. And if I forget a bag, if I have that human moment and forget a bag, then I'm just going to suck it up and carry my 20 items like this <laughs> under my arms. Or I'll say, I'll be right back and then go out to my yeah, car to get a bag. And get them. Yeah, that's so true. It's so, so true. So, okay, I know you've written 120 books, <laughs> but do you have any favorites that you want yeah. to? I wonder, this one, um, I wasn't the author. I was the lead editor. Okay. Um, it's Sylvia Earle, Women in Conservation. So it's all about, do you guys know who Sylvia Earle is? I know. No, she is a famous scientist, um, ocean explorer, um, who has been studying the ocean for like six or seven decades. Um, and does talks all around the world and she um, was on or developed some of the first like deep dive like rovers and stuff like that and I was this was one of my first books that I've ever done um, and I was a lead editor on it so I got to choose the cover photo and all the photos inside I got to oh, that's my dream <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got to um, place all the text boxes. I got to edit the text. I got to make timelines and infographics. I made, you know, the, I got to kind of piece it all together. Of course, my art director polished it up and made it pretty at the end, but I kind, kind of got to do the rough skeleton of it and lay it all out um, in book form. And I also edited the manuscript and worked with the author, worked with the fact checker. Um, I got to choose the photos and how to work with the media researcher. And you kind of from start to finish, I got to put this book together. Oh, so cool. So not only, I mean, it was my one of my first, that's probably why it was a favorite, but also because I'm obsessed with the ocean and Sylvia Earle. So this is one I'm most proud of. Um, it's for fourth to sixth grade reading levels. Okay. Now, is that is that your boys' favorite? Um, They like this one. They like some of my war ones better. I've done books about like World War II and um, immigrants coming to America and stuff like that. And they like more of those topics more. Yeah, yeah. Typical boys. My mom wouldn't allow guns in the house, so they'd like find toilet paper rolls and be like, they find a way. I don't teach them about guns, but they know everything there is to know. It's like ingrained in them or something. So they like all my ocean books, but I think they like more the other ones about planets and dinosaurs and like history world wars stuff like that yeah. yeah when you're not researching to write for yourself what are you reading or do you just kind of step back <sighs> um I read a lot of health books a lot of books about food and organic food and um, the human body and stuff like that I'm really into like health foods and stuff but pretty much everything I read is nonfiction. it's it's all educational, serves yeah. a purpose, yeah. and better your life somehow. Yeah. I love that. Are you following any specific kind of diet right now or anything? Um, no, nothing too strict. I've always kind of been plant-based. Mm -hmm. um, I do, I, I mean, I eat meat and like eggs and stuff, but once or twice a month, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, I don't do dairy at all. No milk, no, you know, very little cheese, um, mostly plant-based. Mm -hmm. A lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, nuts lentils beans stuff like that yeah so. 
sorry, I just choked on myself. If you, uh, if you like reading on, on health books, you might like, um, there's a book called Healthy Gut, Healthy You um, by Dr. Uh, I don't remember his first name, but it's Ruscio. Have you, have you read it? I've heard of it. I haven't read that one okay. yet though. It is kind of like the book you just showed us that you made. It's like similar kind of layout. It's easy to digest, but still a lot of information. Um, yeah. And it's just, it, it's not biased towards any sort of diet. It just helps you kind of figure out what works for you. And it's, it's, it's a really great book. Yeah. There um, was one I read, I want to say two years ago, it's called How Not to Die. I know that title is a little I scary, it. but it's, <laughs> it is like my Bible. It is amazing. Each chapter is a different disease and it tells you what foods contribute to that disease and what foods can help reverse it or help with the symptoms. And it's, I love it. It's so, it's so educational. I keep it. I actually have it over here in my kitchen, like with my food, like my cookbooks. Yeah. I read it like once a year. How not to die. It's, it's just full of facts and it's all really well researched and sourced and he credits all, you know, all the journals he's read, he credits absolutely everything. Um, and it's just really well written, really honest, really in your face. Can't deny those facts. It's just, wow. it's really eye opening. And super was there something eye opening not to put you on the spot that you remember that just was like, what? Like you couldn't remember or couldn't, um, didn't realize that when you were reading it. Nothing specific that I can remember because a little bit, but I don't want to quote yeah, it wrong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but basically every couple pages, you're just like, oh my gosh, <sighs> no way. Like I'm circling stuff. I'm writing stuff off in the margins. Yeah. I'm like add stuff to my grocery list. I'm crossing stuff off That's my grocery good book. list. <laughs> yeah. That's a good book. Just, it makes you reevaluate your life. Mm. The foods that you're crossing off, are they, are the foods that you said you'd be crossing off, like, are they, are they natural foods as well? Or is it, well, like, um, my boys and husband aren't as strict eaters as I am. So like certain cheeses or dairy or something like that. And then you like read how bad it is. I'm like, not this week. Not <laughs> yeah. Got to find an alternative. Yeah. yeah. It's super interesting. And like, um, my fam, my mom and dad and stepmom are all dealing with pretty severe health issues right now. And they have a chapter per like disease. So I'm like, Hey, read this chapter, mom. And it talks all about this. And like, you should be eating these four things and don't you dare eat this. And like, I'm probably annoying them, but I feel like I'm helping. You don't want them to die. I'm not to die. <laughs> you want them around. I get it. It's funny. It's a good read. I mean, it's like that thick. It's huge, but I read it in probably like a week or two. I'm going to have to get it for my mom. She's like a hardcore researcher. She'll, I mean, you give her a topic. She's, she's like mildly interested in it. She will learn everything about it. Um, so that sounds like a perfect book for her. It's a hard one to put down. I, I pretty much did one chapter a night, like one disease a night kind of. Yeah. And adjusted my grocery list after each, each chapter. Yeah. <laughs> it's an ongoing pursuit to, to find the right stuff. At the end, that, you're, you know? Okay, broccoli. That's all we can do. Yeah. Lots of broccoli. We'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, so you're taking off next July. Yep. How are you prepping like for you to leave that long with family and with work? Um, well, work, I have plenty of PTO, um, and now with COVID, they're even letting another week roll over, so I have plenty of PTO um, logged for that, and I work remote as it is, so I can kind of work ahead and stuff like yeah. that, and it's over the summer, so I will, the boys' schedules won't be as strict That's true. school and bedtimes and homework and stuff like that, 
um, and my husband's amazing. Yeah. So he is going to cover for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Your yeah. boys have to be so proud of you. They have to think it's like the coolest. Yeah, they do. Um, I've gone to all their classrooms and, um, you know, the teachers find out what I do. Yeah. Like you have to come in and do a talk with our oh, class yeah. about the science unit or something like that. And my oldest especially um, brings in my books to his class for all of his friends to read. And um, every time I write a book, they give me five free copies. So I usually keep one for our home set and then donate it to the boys' school oh, library. Awesome. Um, and so they'll come home and be like, Mom, my friend checked out your book today. And I'm just like, oh. How is that not like the coolest compliment in the world? Like, yeah. that is awesome. And then he'll be like, look at the cover. It has my mom's name on it. And there's like, yeah, they freak out. That's so yeah. cool. I know I told I told my son he's really into um, history and facts and things like that. Yeah, um, I told him that we were talking today. and He was like blown away. <laughs> he was just as excited as we were. So that's so cool. You've got fans all over the place. <laughs> No, I still can't believe it. Instead of that green conference, you ran across I'll send my name. You. Well, I was like researching all these other people. And then it was like, kind of clicked into like people you may know, because I was like finding them yeah. after. And like, I guess the algorithms worked with like what you do. And um, that's the, super fast. It is. I'm not it was absolutely yeah. amazing. We were fortunate enough to um, sit at the same table as the head of Disney nature. So like they previewed, like, it was like, I, I, it was unreal. Like the, the amount of people um, that are just doing really, really good work for our planet. Um, it was nice to be able to yeah. share space with them and, and hold space with them to hear about their causes. So I'm really excited for you. I'm really, really Thank excited you. for you. Thank you so much. You're going to do such big things. Thank you for coming on and talking to us about everything yeah, that you're doing. You'll have to let us know how it goes next year. Obviously we'll be reaching out to you to like get an update because this is just unreal. yeah next year I'll have onboard stories and photos and think of yeah think of all the um the good inspiration you're gonna get for your your next book <laughs> no I want to do one about the journey and about what we find and I'm already I've already pitched it to my um Capstan editors like wanting to author one about this experience and about microplastics and they're totally on board. I was so. going to say, that's got to be an easy pitch. Yeah, yeah. They're like, sure, talk to me when you get back and we'll figure something out. Figure it so. out. I'm so intrigued by that whole lifestyle of editing. I'm trying to write my first book and I'm, it's, I'm like in awe of you that you've done so many and so much. It's really cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, of course. Of course. Did you have anything, Leanne, or do you want to go ahead and wrap it? No, I mean, Brent, if there's anything we haven't touched on that you want to share, uh, go for it. But I'm out, I'm out of questions. I'll think of it later, but right now I can't think of anything. Yeah, we'll have to do like a post trip, post trip show to kind yeah, of like a follow up to hear all about yeah. it and see how your seasickness went. How many, went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how, how many days it lasted? So hopefully not long, but everyone says three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be thinking of you and just wishing you nothing but the best with you out there and just. Good job. Thank you for taking such good care of our planet. We're going to do better. <laughs> I'll use reusable bags. I promise. <laughs> That's amazing. See, I already did my job today. Perfect. That's, that's, that made my day. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. 
If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come and be a part of the HTC community on our various social media platforms. Simply search at Have the Combo and click around on the links to find ways that you can be involved. Talk soon.